The answer may surprise you. Let's go back to the basics. Vulcans are humanoid aliens, green-blooded, and the physiology is different from humans. But that would make sense if you were an alien, and we already accepted the fact that aliens could exist. Vulcans actually do have emotions, like humans, and at a certain point in time, they decided to take a different path, to create a society based completely on logic, and to base their entire lives on the value that facts are what matters, that logic is above all, and that emotions are a pointless exercise. In fact, Spock and most Vulcans rub humans' noses in it all the time. They have a perfectly logical and unemotional society, and we don't. So here's my little revenge against Vulcans rubbing our noses in it. I'm going to prove to you that a society based on logic can't exist. At least not the way it's done in Star Trek. That's right, I'm taking... Vulcans down. Let's start and define our question. Can people, and Vulcans for this purpose, are just people because they have emotions like us? They can even breed with us, but let's not get into that. Can people like us really build and sustain a society based on logic? And you know what? Let's give it to the Vulcans that it is possible to suppress all extreme human emotions and simply choose how to behave based on what? Logic? What does it mean actually to behave logically? The answer to that is not as simple as people would have you believe. For example, if I want to drive from here to the mall, is it most logical to choose the fastest route? Is it most logical to choose the shortest route, assuming those are not the same. Is it most logical to not take any fast route at all, but maybe to walk, breathe in the air, and fill my head with wondrous logical thoughts? Which option is the most logical? Does logic tell us that? So let's take a more serious example. A man comes into my house and aims a gun at my head. I also have a gun aimed at him. Is it the most logical thing to kill him for self-preservation? Or because he's bad for society? Or does it make sense to allow him to shoot me because logically there is no difference between him and me? I have no logical evidence that I'm more important than him. And then by what right do I say that I'm right and must survive and that he is wrong and he can't survive? Logic won't save us from these issues because there is a missing piece to the logic. That missing piece, actually missing pieces, are called axioms. Axioms are decisions or assumptions you make at the beginning of any logical thought. They are assumed to be true but they can't logically be proven to be true. I'll give you a quick example in math. But if your head explodes, just skip a few seconds ahead to the part where I show you we have axioms in real life. For example, in the math that we learn in school, in high school, there is what we call a transitive axiom. It means that if the number of buttons I have in one hand 
is 5. And the number I have in my other hand is the same as the number in my first hand. That means that I have 5 buttons in my second hand as well. That's just how life works, right? The thing is, we can't prove that's how life works. We can say that it is an axiom because all of our experience so far has shown it to be always true. There are five algebraic axioms that base almost everything we know about math, at least in high school. Those axioms are based on how life behaves. And from those axioms, if you follow simple rules of logic, you can get very far. You can get to trigonometry, algebra, calculus, etc. Okay? Now let's apply that to real life. How does that apply to the guy pointing a gun at my head? The algebraic axioms won't help me decide anything in the examples I gave you before. Should I kill that person or not? Should I go to the mall through this route or that route? In life, there are other axioms. For example, every person is born equal. That's an axiom. Or no one person is more important than anyone else. Those things can't be proven. You can't go to every person in the world and check that thing. And how would you check it anyway? You assume it's true, and you go about your life with this as a basic assumption. And even if you know it's not true, you know, that person can run faster, that person can make a lot of money, that person writes stories, that person does a podcast. Everyone is different, but no one person is more important than anyone else. But again, that's my assumption. I can't prove it. It is the way I choose to see life and to behave in life. That's my axiom. Needless to say, in the past, and in many places still in the present, not all people are treated equal. There is still slavery today. There is still inequality today. There are still races today being subjugated by another race. So different axioms exist. The people who do that do not have the axiom I talked about. So it is possible that different people walk around life with at least two different sets of axioms about the same thing. One set of people thinks that every person is born equal. Another set of people may think that white people are worth more than non-white people. It's happened, right? Now, this is not just about slavery or inequality or racism. This is about everything. I live in Israel. In here, there are two different axioms that create two completely different ways of life. At least, but let's take two. One says land is more important than any person. The people who believe this believe God gave the Jews this land, and therefore, logically, keeping it is worth sacrificing life, your own life, or other people's lives. Killing, dying, is justified. Fighting for land and dying for it is justified logically because it follows your axiom. On the other hand, you've got people who believe that people are more important than land. That leads logically to seeing your enemy as a person just like you. To be less willing to sacrifice yourself in a war for land and to be willing to give land to get peace. Logical, right? In fact, equally logical. Because it's the axiom that's different. The logic is the same. Let's go back to our example about choosing how to get to the mall. 
of life's big issues. If my axiom said that looking inward is most important, I would choose to walk and take the long path. If my axiom said that efficiency is most important, I would choose the fastest route. If my axiom said that saving gas is the most important, I would choose the shortest route, assuming there's no traffic. These are all different and equally logical, and it's the axioms that are different and lead to different logical results. Fascinating. So, saying something is logical is illogical. Anything can be logical with the right axiom. There is no such thing as an illogical action. I can justify killing everyone because my axiom says that if I do it, I will ascend to heaven and God asked me to do it. It is therefore my absolute right and logical duty to kill everyone. Or maybe my axiom says that ants are more important than people. In that case, people who step on ants deserve to be shot. Now those are crazy things to believe in. But with the right axioms, they're logical. So judging people's actions and your own, according to logic, assuming logic is always the same, is illogical. Unless everyone agrees with your axioms. Fascinating. So, in order for the Vulcans to have one logical society that believes in one logic, that believes that there is one logical right step for every situation, for that to happen, all Vulcans would have to believe in the same few axioms. How likely is it for an entire species to all have the same axiom? They're not a hive mind. They're individuals. Each person with a brain is born differently just like us. And there are many axioms to choose from depending on your personality, on who you are. At the very least, you would have two groups, one that believes in self-preservation versus people who believe in helping others. The first believes that self-preservation is the most important, and sometimes that comes at the expense of other people and helping other people. The other fraction believes first that helping people is the most important, and they would sometimes do it at the expense of their self-preservation. Here are two other different axioms. There are those who believe the end justifies the means, and those who believe it's the means that are the most important. There's no logical way to choose between them. Neither one of them is more logical. It depends on your axioms, on what you believe in in the first place. Since the Vulcans aren't a hive mind that does what it's told, the only way you could have a logical society for the entire world is to have factions or faction states where each faction believes in different axioms. Just like until recently, our world was split, at least in part, to countries that believed in capitalism and countries that believed in communism. It's just different axioms. The only way for Vulcans to exist as a logical species is to be split into different factions, each believing in different axioms, and each acting rationally and logically from them. So once you have a world that has many different factions, 
even if you consider all other factions to be stupid or ridiculous or have ridiculous accents, you would not have the balls to go around telling people they're being illogical just because they have different beliefs than you or act differently than you. You would realize they would act on different axioms. So, the part I say is illogical is the fact that Vulcans keep rubbing our noses in emotions and saying that we act illogically. Saying that is illogical. And there's only one response to that. Your mama's illogical. Or in short, your mama. So, I could stop here because Vulcans can't exist the way they do in Star Trek. But I told you. I'm taking down those nerve-pinching, green-blooded geniuses. I'm taking them down. So for my next trick, I'll prove to you that logic is actually an emotion. Fascinating. So first of all, let's get rid of the idea that logic is always right. That the rules of logic are true. Let me suggest a situation for you. A crazy scientist, a mad scientist, wants to do an experiment on a baby. He decides to have the baby believe that humans can fly. So the baby grows up in a house with parents who don't fly, but who tell him that everyone can fly when they leave the house. And only kids from the age of 16 end up can fly. The scientist sets this up in a special house that's surrounded by movie screens, so whenever you look out the window, you see men and women flying, landing, and so on. They have wings. And when you get to be 16, you'll get wings too. So when his parents leave the house, he looks out the window and sees them flying away. That is a very elaborate trick, but could happen. Now naturally, for this baby that grows up to be a kid, Humans flying is an absolute truth. Of course humans can fly. And when he gets to be 16, he'll be able to fly too, because everyone says so and everyone does so. Then his 16th birthday arrives. He's very happy and excited. He knows he's going to start getting his wings. He can finally fly. But guess what? His wings don't come. He can't fly. A day passes, another day passes, another day passes, a week passes. His wings don't come. Now, this baby, who is now almost an adult, is very, very smart. Let's make him smart. Let's make him a genius. So what is the logical conclusion he will draw? Can you guess? Think about it for a second. Will he imagine the truth? Will he think, since I can't fly, flying is impossible? Will he think he's been lied to all these years just because his wings don't come? Without evidence, he wouldn't. What would he think? What would be the conclusion, the logical conclusion he draws from this? You know what it is. It's what we all think in similar situations. This is my fault. Something is wrong with me. And he will feel it with certainty. It would be almost impossible to convince him otherwise, because he knows people can fly, and since he can't fly, it is his fault. That's a logic that's built into us. 
it is hardwired into us. It's like a blind spot for our brains. We are built to think that many things are our fault. It is our fault someone died. It is our fault we are not like others. It is our fault that we can't fly if everyone else can. There are many more logical blind spots that we just believe that are hardwired into us but that life has proven to be untrue. And this is my point. Our logic is not perfect. Our logic has been hardwired into us. We are built to draw a certain type of conclusions that would help the cave people survive. If this, then that. If there are five rocks here and no one touches them, there are five rocks still. If I hear a lion roar and then a lion comes, I know next time that a lion's roar means there's a lion nearby. Those reasons are why this type of logic is built into us. Why all the different types of logic help us survive. But those are not the only patterns of thought that are right. And some of what we think is wrong. So that's why logic isn't perfect. That's why logic may be wrong because of the way evolution built us. But it doesn't explain why logic is an emotion. Let's assume for a second that logic is an emotion. Can you guess which emotion logic is? It's not hate. It's not love. It's not envy. It's not desire. It's not hunger. It's not frustration. Which emotion is logic? Logic is certainty. Certainty is an emotion. And logic only applies to things that we are completely certain of without any doubt because they've been true since the day we were born. Five is five is five. And five can't become four without anything changing. If nothing changes, five is five is five. That is logic because we've seen it a million times. By the way, five is five is five is an axiom in algebra. We feel something is logical when we feel it is absolutely certain. Five rocks is five rocks is five rocks. And when I get punched, it'll hurt me. And when I throw the apple up, it'll fall down. Now that conclusion, that logic is actually certainty, probably makes you mad. And I, I gave a lecture once about this, and someone in the audience got really angry. She raised her hand, and when I asked her what it is, she went into a three-minute explanation about how the great philosophers said this and that about logic. And I let her talk about it for a few minutes, and then I interrupted her and said, So you don't think logic is an emotion? No, she said. Are you sure about that? Yes. Yes, she said. You're certain? Yes. Absolutely certain. Yes. Well, certainty is an emotion. And that's what I tell you. Certainty is an emotion. You may be certain I'm wrong, but certainty is an emotion. Certainty is confidence. And everything we are certain of is something we learned, but then we became certain of it. And anything we think is logical, we are certain about. And we can be certain about things that aren't true, like having no wings is our fault. And we can believe it in the same vehemence, which is an emotion, that we have about things that are completely true, as far as we know.
So, logic is an emotion. Take that, Vulcans. You based your entire way of life on an emotion. Boom! Mic drop! Actually, my mic is on headphones, so can't actually drop it, but you know what I mean. Anyway, the Vulcans are down and they're not getting up. We count one, two, three, four, five. Now hold on. I want to deliver an account. I want to totally take those Vulcans down. So, not only is logic an emotion, but math says that logic itself is slightly cuckoo and perhaps unreliable. Fascinating. Let me explain. There's this thing called Russell's Paradox. This is what it says. Roughly, very roughly. I'll say it quickly, so if it hurts your head, just skip a few seconds ahead. But if it doesn't make your head hurt, if you want to get it, listen to it a few times, and then you'll get it. Okay, here it is. It says, let V be the set of all sets. A set is what we normal people call a group, they call it a set. And a set of all sets means that it is a set that contains all possible sets. Okay, so let V be the set of all sets that aren't elements of themselves. It's not the set of all possible sets, it's a set of all possible sets that aren't elements of themselves. And then he asks the question, is V an element in V. Does V belong to the set V? If it is, then it's not. But if it's not, then it is. Fascinating. Play it again, rewind it, listen to it five times, and you'll get it. Is V an element in V? If it is, then it's not. And if it's not, then it is. That's the mathematical equivalent of saying, can God create a rock so heavy he can't lift it? If he can, then he can't lift it, and he's not all-powerful. And if he can't create that rock, then he's also not all-powerful. So the mathematicians solved Russell's paradox by saying, it's not logic that's the problem. Let's create an axiom. Remember those? Those are the things that don't need to be proven. Let's create an axiom that just says that V is so-and-so. And that solves the paradox. The axiom says so. It says what V is. And that's it. Which means that even mathematicians, at least those dealing with crazy set theory, which, by the way, is completely crazy, can't decide if logic comes first or axioms come first. Which comes first, the logic or the axioms? You have to start somewhere. But even math doesn't know. And math is all about logic. So, even pure logic may not be as reliable as we think. So let's go back to the original question. Can an entire race exist as a society, like the Vulcans, based only on logic? Well... Yes, only if there are factions, each based on different axioms, and drawing the logical conclusions from there. You can make the Vulcans that way, but that's not the way they're built in Star Trek. That would not look like the Vulcans. 
But then we dug deeper and saw that logic is an emotion. It's the emotion of certainty, of confidence. And our certainty can be wrong. So Vulcans would have based their illogical ideal world on emotion, actually. That's something we can rub their noses in. And lastly, even pure math logic has problems, and the root of it, how true is it and how reliable it is, isn't solved by pure math. So logic is flawed, like emotion, like Captain Kirk, like McCoy and Uhura. So, can Vulcans exist? I say yes and no. Yes, because you could have a society based on logic, but not the way they did it. There would have to be factions. There would have to be different types of logic. This is the first case where we don't have a clear-cut yes. We might even have a no. We certainly have a no for Vulcans rubbing our noses in logic. So that's a first on the Dreamcatcher podcast. Join us next time as we explore the question, can the Borg exist? That will be our third and final Star Trek-related episode, at least for now. I'm Guy Hassan. The website is dreamcatcher.vision. On Twitter, I'm at dreamcatcherpod. Do you agree with what we talked about today? Do you disagree? Write to me at hello at dreamcatcher.vision. The theme music is written by Noah Cohen Eliash. And the Dreamcatcher podcast is brought to you by Comics in Power, the comic book store for the blind and the visually impaired, comicsinpower.com. Be with us next time on Dreamcatcher. Please, Spock, do me a favor, and don't say it's fascinating. No. But it is interesting. That's one small step for man. I don't believe in the no-win scenario. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Do or do not. There is no try. Never give up. Never surrender.